0: You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show.
1: Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron and Jake hanging out on this. Tuesday morning in the Caldwell Banker Group on Realty Studio, in Westman. No thanks for sharing a portion of your music with us this morning. And I really never paid attention to the beginning of the show. Yeah, that does sound like banjo music, doesn't it?
2: How long have you done this show? <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're just I, now... Well, I think we've changed it up a couple times throughout the years. Well, you've
2: yeah. had that the whole time I've been here. That man. doesn't
1: want to make you get up and jump out of bed and say, no. Hey,
2: yeah,
1: let's I, listen to these two bozos for two hours.
2: I have commented about the music before. <laughs>
1: Well, I guess one way to fix it, we just do it ourselves, right? So yeah. we ought to work on that. Yeah. So there you go. Plenty to discuss over the next two hours besides uh, music. You can hit us up on the uh, Stuart Shelby hotline slash text line, 888 993 7762. Go to com for a free quote. A number of storylines on this Tuesday morning. Jake Martin from the Washita Citizen.
2: Thanks for introducing me. Yeah, that's what I do. Uh, Yeah, We. I guess we could start with the NBA. What do you but, mean? Just
1: guess, man? It was an exciting night. In the it Olympics. was an exciting night. Yes. Well, I guess. Well, the other Cavaliers going showed on,
2: up. going on, uh, the going ons with the Boston Celtics, Philadelphia, yeah. was somewhat exciting just because of the Embiid stuff. But other than that, I wouldn't call it anything from last. Night How about exciting? the
1: fact that uh, you know we played the the skit and a lot of others, of course, throughout the day played uh, the skit from Saturday Night Live, uh, bashing <laughs> the guys with LeBron on the Cavaliers squad, and then last night. They stand up and they have a, a nice performance as they win 128-93. to 93. And it was the supporting cast that looked solid, if not spectacular, for the Cavaliers.
2: Yeah, but Toronto was already calling it Well, they rolled
1: a over a little bit, yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, Toronto was like, y'all, we, we just want to go back to Toronto. <laughs> just go ahead and put us out of our it's misery. It's time
1: to book our summer vacations.
2: Yes. So, I'm not impressed by that. Uh, I need to see that in an actual oh. meaningful game. Mm. Um, but... It does bring up the question, not really about the Cavaliers, but more so about Toronto, should they blow it up? Because every year they can't get past LeBron. And so I found a lot of that conversation this morning. Should the the Raptors blow it up? Should they fire Dwayne Casey? How about
1: they just wait it out and see if LeBron will even be with the Cavaliers? (laughs) Maybe they'll just hope that he leaves Cleveland.
2: I honestly think that they need to just get one more player. They need one more player who could, you know, maybe go off on a random game and and score 20-plus points. I don't think they really have that right now. Mm -hmm. So, you know, all the emphasis is on Lowry and DeRozan and, you know, you get one more player, you take some pressure off them. I think you could say the same thing about the Blazers. You kind of saw that with the Blazers against the Pelicans. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't think you need to blow it up. I don't think you need to fire Dwayne Casey. I just think this is – maybe we should look at it a different way. Maybe we should just give credit to LeBron yeah. because he's made a lot of teams look bad and, and foolish in the playoffs.
1: And can't you go back, or maybe you think it's fool's gold, the fact that you were the number one seed in the Eastern Conference in the, the spectacular regular season that you did have.
2: Yeah. Yeah, but listen, people don't want to hear about that. People don't want to hear about that in Toronto either. So.
1: Did I see this right? Uh, all five Cavaliers starters in double figures last night.
2: Aaron, it was a – Game four game, yeah. where the Toronto Raptors absolutely gave up. Yeah. I'm not impressed. I don't care about those stats. Mm.
1: So Kyle Korver and his 16 points. You're not impressed. He's six Kyle, of eight I'll from the give, field.
2: I'll give Korver credit. Yeah. He tends. J.R.
1: Smith did not miss a shot on the night. Six for six.
2: Korver tends to show up more than than most yeah. this postseason. I'll yeah. say. He's had a couple of big games as postseason. Kevin
1: Love, when he was on the court last <laughs> night against the Raptors, they were plus thirty-one.
2: Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. get get back to me when they face Boston. All
1: right. Well, speaking of that, uh, will they face Boston? Uh, yes. 76ers it will. have a little bit of a heartbeat. They stay alive in this series. They win last night, one hundred and three to ninety-two.
2: Sixers finally, you know, went with T.J. McConnell. McConnell was given Boston. St- Fits earlier on in the series, and it was just like they couldn't help but, you know, replace him with Ben Simmons. And finally, they found a way to get both Simmons and McConnell on the floor at the same time. It was a little murky at times. McConnell mm. still had a good game.
1: A uh, very good game. 19.7 rebounds, five assists. Uh, Van Pelt's crew had a stat this morning uh, where he only had like something like 81 touches in the entire series. Yeah. And last night, he had like 84 in the game. Well, that's
2: what. You know a lot of people I, I read The Ringer a lot, and they a lot of they have a lot of Boston people, and they kept talking about this series and they kept saying, "I don't understand why they're so reluctant to play TJ McConnell because every time he's on the floor as a Boston Celtics fan, I'm like he's he's hurting us, he's hurt us before and he's hurting us again, mm. and then they would just take him off the floor and it, make, it would make no sense so finally, uh, the sixers smartened up and said, okay we'll, we're down three0, we need to play him more and they did and they
1: won. Uh, played 39 minutes last night. Was averaging against Boston about 19 minutes per game. Big performance for him. Set the tone. Uh, they still only win by 11, and Boston did not play very well.
2: No, Boston did not play very well. But the biggest takeaway from this is all the surroundings of Joel Embiid, <laughs> and there there were two there were two things um, that we need to talk about. First, we'll talk about Marcus Morris first. So the two were kind of going back and forth. Uh, I'm trying to recall. I think Embiid got a rebound or something, and Marcus Morris fell down and wanted wanted a wanted a foul call, and he was complaining. And Marcus and uh, Embiid was shouting something as, to him as he ran down the floor. Well, then Embiid eventually gets a dunk, and as he's running back down the floor, finds Marcus Morris and gets in his face and says a couple more things, and Marcus Morris just. Doesn't say anything and throws up the 3 0. I thought I that was it. great. I thought it was awesome. I thought that was great. And, and he even said after the game, he said, We're two different people. When I'm down 3 0 or 3 1, now being the case, I don't think I can say anything. But that's not the case for Joel Embiid. He's going to still talk. Mm-hmm. But I love the fact that he didn't even look at him. He just threw up the 3 and the 0.
1: Yeah, I like the fact that you could see him doing it. Yeah, he kept doing it.
2: He <laughs> kept doing it. And what can you say back to that? I mean, that's that's the yeah. ultimate argument ender. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was great. But the other thing that we need to talk about is the Terry Rozier moment where it was, very, it was funny. M B was trying to get the ball from Rozier, but it, the play was dead. And so Rozier took offense to that. And indeed says he threw a punch. I don't really know if he threw a punch. It was kind of weird, kind of a weird scuffle. Um, but anyway, they both got double technicals. And what was funny about that was Joel and Embiid's comments after the game where he discussed Rozier and his attempt to hit him.
3: And uh, uh, kept the ball away from me and uh, tried to punish me twice, but uh, too bad he's so sure that he couldn't get to my face. Uh, but, uh, you know, I was, and I, I didn't understand why it was a techni- uh, double, t- uh, double technical because I was just trying to get the ball and it was the one trying to swing. But, you know, next play, uh, I feel like those type of plays, uh, you just kind of like boost, um, your energy and, uh, you just takes your game to another level. So I like getting into that type of stuff.
1: I love that. <laughs> Too short, couldn't get to me.
2: I tell you, he's, he's a gym. Yeah. He's he's going to be one of those guys, though, as he continues to get popular, a lot of people are not going to like him yeah. just because of his attitude. Yeah. He's going to be a polarizing athlete. Like Some people are going to love him because of that. We're going to find him entertaining. There are going to be a lot of people that hate Embiid.
1: Big night for the Pelicans. Can they stay alive in their series against Golden State? Yeah, you look at, of course, getting ready for this matchup following that 118-92 to beatdown. What can the Pels do different? Well, yesterday they were scheduled to practice in Oakland. Gentry said, you know what, let's just give them the day off. Let's get refocused and hopefully get a little bit more energy. So they did not practice yesterday.
2: Yeah, I think it's going to end tonight. <laughs> okay? I think it's just because, A, the, the, the Warriors found something with that Hamptons lineup. And Hampton's lineup's tough, okay? Two, I think the fact that they're back in Golden, in, in Oakland, you know, when Golden State gets on a roll in that arena, they are so tough to beat. And I just think that's what's going to happen. They're feeling good about their Game 4 win. They they've seem to have found the answer uh, against the Pelicans with that lineup. So if I were a betting man, I would say it ends tonight.
1: Uh, Crazy stats here. Uh, Davis has played 39 or more minutes in six of the eight playoff games. Holiday has registered at least 38 minutes in five of the games. Rondo, uh, 12-year vet of the league, has logged at least 35 minutes, five times this postseason. Uh, Gentry's uh, quote, talking about taking yesterday off, I thought it was important. We originally had a practice schedule, but we have guys that are playing heavy minutes. You look at Davis, you look at Holiday, uh, really, all starters are playing real heavy minutes. I thought it'd be a good idea today just to let their minds rest and their bodies rest.
2: Hmm. Yeah, yeah, we'll see if the strategy works, but I, I just. At what this do you, point, you
1: think it's probably not going to matter.
2: Yeah. I, yeah. What, what do you think? Are you with me on that? You think the Pelicans nah. have a shot? I
1: thought it was going to be a sweep, so. Yeah. <laughs> This is already better than you were yeah. anticipating. Yeah, and the fact they got here, so uh,
2: absolutely, and that's what I keep going back. I don't want to sound like that guy, like like the, we got a participation trophy or anything, yeah. but you got to understand this is part one. This is step one. You, you had playoff success. You needed to have that to keep Anthony Davis intrigued with New Orleans. You need to keep him invested in New Orleans. So I think he is, and now you you. Boogie was front row for some of these games, and he's getting to see it. So, you know, you work on that deal with him, get him back on board. And so you, if you got those two and Drew Holiday, yeah, the the, the future is bright. So don't get caught up in, in right now. Think about the future, and that's why I consider all of this to be gravy.
1: And the other thing, of course, uh, game starts at, what, uh, 9.30 again tonight? So by 10.30, 10.45, will we still have a game? Whereas this? Handwriting in the wall where this could be a blowout for well, them.
2: Will we state. stay up past halftime? Yeah. That's what you're asking. Yes. I hope they fight. I Will hope you they be grump- even grumpier tomorrow? I, probably. I hope they come out and fight, though. Uh,
1: also an opportunity tonight for uh, the Rockets to uh, close out that series at the Jazz, correct?
2: Yeah. Um, I think that'll happen, too.
1: Any idea what the lines are tonight? You want to take a guess? Play the numbers game?
2: Uh, I'm going to say... Two
1: substantial lines. here. Two
2: substantial. Have. Okay, I'll say Warriors minus ten. Yeah, eleven and a
1: half.
2: Eleven and a half. Uh, rockets. You said big Rockets minus twelve.
1: Yeah, well done.
2: Okay, boom, right there.
1: Take both favorites in those. Give with, it the with points. The points?
2: Yeah. I don't know. Mm. I I think the Pelicans are going to fight, man.
1: Eight 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 nine nine three seven seven six two. Other headlines on this Tuesday morning. So the Kobe Fleener thing didn't exactly work out for the Saints,
2: did it? <laughs> no, that's i had statement. I had
1: really me high too, hopes for this. Me too, Even though when they gave him, what, a five-year deal for $36 million and $18 million of it was guaranteed, I thought that was a pretty uh, hefty price tag for Fleener.
2: It, it was, but I, I thought, you know, just going back to his Stanford days, I, I liked him, and I thought Sean Payton would find a way to make him work. Mm-hmm. It did not work.
1: It didn't work at all. Uh, If you did not hear, he got cut yesterday. So you look at the statistics for his two years with the Saints, uh, 50 receptions, three touchdowns in 2016. Then last year, I believe it was around week 12 or so, he got a concussion, so his numbers may be skewed a little bit. But just 22 receptions for two touchdowns last season. Yeah. Yeah, not good. Uh, I talked about that concussion. He has now had five since college. Mm.
2: Yeah, that's tough. Um, so where
1: do the Saints go with, of course, the tight end? And you look at the fact that they bring back Ben Watson at the age of thirty-eight. Yeah, thirty-eight years old. Is he really thirty-eight? Yes, yes, yes. Ouch! I know. Also, have Josh Hill.
2: Yeah. So I. That's why I'm. I'm like, you know. Could, could they have gotten, could they have used one of those early picks on a tight end? Mm. Like, that's what I, that's what I wanted. Now, they traded up and got the pass rusher, and we're not going to get into the, all that stuff again today. Mm. But, anyway, I, I just think now you're looking at the tight end depth, and you're just going, where is the production going to come? I think Ben Watson has at least one, mm-hmm. one you know, decent year left in him. Um but, but like I said, man, he's 38. He's getting up there. Sooner or later, he's going to wake up and his body's going to feel old. Don't know if that's this year or not.
1: Quint rolls out of bed, and he's ready to text. says, sadly, I feel like the Pels are a butterfly in the hurricane. Well played there. George Springer update. Ah, thank you. Yes, everybody wants the Astros update, and this is a huge <laughs> update. Uh, coverage you can only get from the morning drive. That's right, the baby. The Astros. They win yesterday 16-2 to over the A's, and George Springer. Six for six in this ball game. Only a nine-inning game. This is the stat right here. There have been 255 cycle games in Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. Players hit for the cycle. Only 105 six-hit games. This is mm-hmm. a rarity. In one game, he improved his batting average, speaking of George Springer, from 262 to 292. Wow. A 30-point jump. That's crazy. That's pretty good. Uh, first Astro to have a six-hit game since uh, some guy named Joe Morgan did it back in 1965, but he did it in 12 innings. But
2: he did not get the triple, right? So he did not hit for the cycle.
1: He did not hit for the cycle.
2: No, I'm less impressed. Uh, just
1: I'm one just of kidding. 105 in Major League Baseball history. I'm to just ever kidding. Hit. No,
3: that's incredible.
1: Uh, Dallas Keuchel also impressive. Overshadowed a little bit on the mound, only gives up uh, one run over the course of eight innings. That is Houston comprehensive coverage Astros update that you get nowhere else.
2: That is probably the most comprehensive coverage we've ever
1: That done. is great news for our Houston Astros last yes,
2: year. Yes, we are very excited about our Houston George Astros. George
1: Springer, I think, is going to go right to the top of the list of my favorite Astro players now. <laughs> I'm going to go buy a jersey.
2: <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, uh, a few
1: headlines. we got more coming up in the next segment. It's all part of the starting lineup brought to you by Louisiana Pain Care.
0: The starting lineup. Are you crying? Are you crying? Starting lineup. Are you crying? The starting lineup. There's no crying. Let's get to the starting lineup.
1: Will Gus say the Pels win tonight when he joins us at 8 o'clock?
2: Is Gus pretty optimistic? Do we consider him optimistic?
1: Mm, It depends.
2: I'll say no, but he'll still be optimistic about it.
1: Will Lane Burroughs be optimistic about their series against Southern Miss this weekend?
2: Oh. He won't be optimistic about what just transpired. <laughs> I'll tell you that.
1: Uh, we look forward to hearing from both of them. Gus at 8, Lane Burroughs at 8.30. All right, going into this break, I want to ask this question. All right, if you haven't uh, seen it yet, Tom Brady went to something called the uh, some kind of big event yesterday. Met Gala. Met Gala, thank you. you That's should, like a big thing, right? There you go. So this outfit that he was wearing, how would you describe it? Uh... Could you get away with
2: it? No, no way. Um,
1: Tuxedo pants. Yeah. With the stripe down the leg, a tur- black turtleneck,
2: <laughs> a, I guess a, a blazer, a black blazer. Yeah. blazer yes. with the uh, gold, yes. some kind of gold yes. stuff down the the collar. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you. How would you? We're not the fashion show. Okay. Obviously, yes. Um, yeah. it looks like something out of like the Black Panther movie yeah. or something.
1: It wasn't a good look.
2: It was not and a good look. And he is getting roasted. He got roasted on Twitter for it. Yes. But I will say this. If anybody can get away with just wearing that, it's Tom Brady. Yes.
1: So uh, I'll ask the question to listeners and you, Jake. The worst outfit that you've ever worn. And did you wear it more than once?
2: Well, I'll tell you, you know, this. tease
1: it. Tease it. Don't give it away just yet.
2: I don't have... It's... Okay. It's it's something I wear consistently. <laughs> So you still wear it. (laughs) Uh, Something I do consistently that everyone hates, but I don't care. Uh,
1: Comcast Andrews says, according to my wife, the Met Gala is themed and they all wear ridiculous stuff. Mm. That is true.
2: We are uninformed.
1: But he he took it over the top. And they said his outfit really wasn't what the theme of the party was about.
2: Man, you know a lot about the Met Gala. I did a little reading on it this morning. (laughs) (laughs) Big Met Gala fan. Ty says Gazelle can dress me any day. Giselle. Sorry. Giselle.
1: <laughs> Jake Martin's credibility has just been lost. Uh, it
2: says Gazelle, but her name is Giselle.
1: We'll get into the worst outfits we've ever worn coming up later in the show. It's all part of the morning drive on Sports Talk 97.7. We're back after. this
0: Get your daddies now at Randall's Fine Meats. Randall's Fine Meats has your crawdaddies ready to go every day. Low prices for live or boiled. Ask about their 5- and 10-pound specials on some of the best crawfish around. Plus, Randall's will even cater your next event. Just give them a call, 343-0382, and book in advance. Randall's also has your specialty stuffed meats. And you have to try his fried cracklins. At Randall's, like them on Facebook or just stop on by. Randall's Fine Meats, 4205 Old Stirlington Road, Monroe. We're talking with Matt Livengood, General Manager at Calvert Crossing Golf Club. You know, Matt, people probably have asked you, what's so special about Calvert Crossing? Well,
2: the difference is our daily focus is on grass and it's on people. So what that brings to you is unsurpassed customer service and superior golf course conditions. And May is the final month of our spring membership drive. You can make Calvert Crossing your home club at 75% off initiation and your first month's dues are free. Come enjoy the private club experience without the private club cost. Stop by and we will give you a tour of our first class facilities. Calvert Crossing is located on Hodge Watson Road in Calhoun.
0: Hi, I'm Lieutenant Governor Billy Nungesser. Louisiana is more than just a place to visit. It's our way of life, and that means being outdoors. Join the nearly 2 million people who camped, bike, paddle, and hiked our state parks last year as we invite you to do the same. Every corner of Louisiana has something to offer, from the world-class fishing at Toledo Bend to paddling at Fountainwood to exploring the ancient mounds at Poverty Point World Heritage Site. So fill up your car and staycation right here in our home, Louisiana. Let's get back to the sports on the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.
1: Every blue moon, Jake will ask an intriguing question during the uh, break. And he you just ask one minute ago? Well,
2: I was just wondering. Was it a
1: rhetorical question or was I supposed to answer it?
2: I was kind of asking. Well, I guess it was more rhetorical, but you could answer it. Uh, is it? Brady is kind of a weird guy, I think we would say. Can
1: you say that about the greatest quarterback of all time?
2: I can say that after watching Tom versus Time.
1: Oh, don't be bashing the best documentary that was on Facebook <laughs> in the last ten years.
2: Uh, just the whole moment with this kid where they, like, kissed and it was weird. He was seven. Yeah. The kid was seven. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. That's, I think it probably older than that. Uh-huh. Anyway, uh, that was weird to me. Then you can see what he's wearing here. And my question was, Tom's kind of weird. Do you think he's just weird, or do you think Giselle made him that way?
1: You mean Giselle?
2: Giselle, Giselle, whatever.
1: <laughs> well, she's probably had an influence on him in his style.
2: Well, absolutely on the style.
1: Uh, they are worth, net worth. You know what it's up to? No, oh, I can't. I did Google this this morning. I can't too. imagine. $630 million.
2: Honestly, I thought it would be more than that. <laughs> I honestly thought it would be a little bit more than that.
1: All right. So uh, Twitter world just going nuts about Brady and what he was wearing at the Met Gala. So some of the best ones that I saw, uh, This uh, just Twitter, uh, he was a, looked, dressed like a villain in a Latin James Bond movie. Yeah. He's wearing Steven Seagal.
2: That is great. <laughs> that That's a good one. Uh,
1: a lot of people thought he should have been performing in a magic show. I like this one. And we just mentioned this fella's name yesterday for his coverage from the Kentucky Derby. Uh, Johnny Muir, the figure oh, skater. Yeah. That is probably the biggest knock ever against Tom Brady.
2: He's the one that said the Steven Seagal one?
1: No, this is Johnny saying that Brady was dressed like Johnny Muir.
2: Oh, yes. gotcha, yes. gotcha.
1: Uh, SB Nation did an entire story, an entire article trying to describe what Tom Brady looked like. You want me to hear a couple I
2: would love to hear some some quotes from that. you have
1: 72 hours to bring me Batman or I will flood this city in avocado ice cream not bad he looks like a golden eye golden eye villain hmm. the suit screams greatest showman
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, just then there's all kinds of uh, James Bond villain references of course.
2: Yeah, Gary says that it doesn't matter what Brady wears or what he, or what we think. At the end of the day, he gets to go home with Giselle.
1: A yeah. uh, really good one. Uh, one of my favorite movies, uh, The Three Amigos. They thought the jacket looked like it was from The Three Amigos. I've never seen that movie. Oh, you need to see it. That does not surprise me that you have not seen that young whippersnapper. Mm. So uh, keep them coming, Eight 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 We're also asking uh, the worst outfit that you've ever put on.
2: Yeah, Uh Let's go there
1: real quick. And you said you still have one that you wear quite a well,
2: bit. Well, it's not. So what I do, and this drives everyone I know crazy, but I don't care. I, I still do it. <laughs> I wear dress pants with tennis shoes. Oh, yes.
1: But that's for comfort when you're out.
3: It's
2: and you for know. comfort, but I also do it for church, too. Ooh, yeah. kind of. It's kind of just become my thing, and I'm not like, oh, it's my thing. It's cool. No, I know it's not cool, but it's just what I do. And anyway, white athletic shoes, uh, it can go dark or, or light. Yeah. But anyway, all of my friends make fun of me for it. I don't care what they say. And then my wife hates it, but my wife's like, just come to like accept it. So I guess that would be my thing. Like I wear tennis shoes with, with dress pants. Mm. Have you ever worn it? You've worn a lot with your aces segment.
1: Yes, yeah, so these are the two worst that I can think of. Uh, so in college, for some reason, you know, down in San Marcos, they have that outlet stores, correct? And they had, Guess was really big back in the day. This was before your time, Jake. So I, I think they were on clearance. There was a pair of green overall shorts. Nice. So for some reason, I thought this was a good look. So I had... Wait, wait,
2: wait. For a segment, right?
1: No, no. In no, no I was wearing these out. Oh. So they're green overall Guess shorts. And the wife actually just, uh, the sports wife just sent me a text a minute ago, wanted me to point this out. So then I'd wear a white uh, shirt, t-shirt underneath it. And for some reason, to cap out the outfit, I would wear hiking boots with uh-huh, uh-huh. And I would roll up that there were shorts, but I'd roll them up another uh, couple inches. And you have one strap off. Yes, and one strap <laughs> off. Yes. Thank you, Tabor. <laughs> Tabor knows where I'm going. All the time when I'm at Wally World and I see somebody in overalls, I said, I tell my wife, hey, that's a good look. That's one good day look. I want to go back to that. Yeah. It looks very comfortable. It is. Yeah. So, it, But I would actually go out to bars and establishments and restaurants in that. Oh, wow. Uh, and if I could find a picture or two of that, I would share that.
2: I did have one Affliction shirt in high school. Yeah. And I quickly got rid of that. <laughs> I went through that stage for like one week. I was like, yeah, I can't do this. Uh,
1: my other outfit I remember, it was, I was going through a rough time in my life. First job out of college, I was sent to Ardmore, Oklahoma to be a news reporter. And it's tough in Ardmore. So we'd go to these honky tonks or whatever they were. They were basically dive bars. But for some reason in Ardmore, Oklahoma, what you did was you worked out a lot. Because there wasn't a lot to do. Sure. So I was working, hanging out with these uh, meatheads. So we would wear literally... Uh, Plaid hoodie shirts with sleeveless, though, because you had to you had to show off your guns.
2: Why plaid?
1: I don't know. They were plaid with with sleeveless, though, but they had a hoodie attached to them. That is, just yeah, it, it was a bad look.
2: Yeah, that, that I don't even know why you would make such a thing, much less wear it. Uh, I,
1: but but here you are. Yes. So as bad as those were, I don't know if they were as bad as a Tom Brady's get up last night.
2: Ty says, I am 30 and rock blue jean shorts from stage. Yes. <laughs> Trent says, I bet Aaron could rock the backwards upside down. I've visor. done that. Yes, <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> I went to that stage, Trent. Trent knows me well.
2: Uh, Aaron loves a visor.
1: I love visors. He does. I cannot wear a hat. I'm
2: surprised you're not wearing a visor today.
1: Uh, so there you go. We killed a segment doing that. Yeah. Uh, what yeah. says you? We also need to tease other things. Top 10 Thursday is quickly approaching, and we need some ideas.
2: We need some ideas, people. Uh, send us some, some ideas for this week. We can do NBA playoff theme. We can get back to football or something. We'll never turn down doing a football segment. Do you want to go
1: positive or negative? Either. Uh, all right. What about uh, most likable people in sports? <sighs> Almost threw up. <laughs> Obviously Jake wants to go negative. <laughs> most disliked people in sports. I
2: mean, what are what are we talking about here? Just like most likable athletes yeah, or anybody that's in sports. That's a summer one, I feel.
1: I don't know if you noticed or not, but getting, uh, June is quickly pretty, approaching. We're
2: getting pretty uh, slim
1: here. Yeah. Disliked sports people? I mean, Skip Bayless would probably go right to the top of the list, he wouldn't he Number he? 1 on the list, wouldn't he?
2: Yeah, something to think about.
1: You didn't like either of those I didn't ideas. really.
2: I was trying to be nice about it. But Casey says top 10 NBA playoff comebacks, player or team. Mm. Aaron's not going to go for that. Uh,
1: well, Trent w- wants to know, will y'all ever cover the cover the World Cup?
2: <laughs> Why don't you answer that, Aaron?
1: Uh, that'll be even shorter than our Astros <laughs> updates. Yes. 888-993-7762.
0: We're back after this on The Morning Drive. The newest lawn equipment pro center in the area is your new Cub Cadet superstore, Yard Power. Yard Power in Monroe is your source for the full line of Cub Cadet mowers. In fact, they're the only dealer in Northeast Louisiana. And Yard Power is loaded with Cub Cadets. Over 100 mowers on the ground, ready to roll. All backed by a full service and parts department. So remember YP, Yard Power. On Highway 165 in Monroe, just one mile north of Century Lane. The way you purchased a car in the past is changing. With Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, shop our inventory new and used, value your trade, and apply for financing from home on your couch in the comfort of your bed. Wherever you choose, whatever you want, at Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, we'll hand you your keys so you can get to the important things in life.
3: Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe.
0: If your business depends on technology, then you can depend on NetTech. We offer remote desktop and service management, cloud-based document access, email services, IP phone services, fiber internet, and data security products. With locations in Monroe and in Ruston, our friendly technicians and help desk staff are ready to solve all your IT problems. Let NetTech be your it department visit nettech.net or call 866-668-0001 today local sports talk is on the air on the morning drive this hour is sponsored by ronnie ward toyota of rustin
1: This is the beauty of this show, Jake. Uh, We have a shortage of ideas, so we just throw it out there to listeners, and they come up with some pretty good ones.
2: Some really good ones. Uh, Kevo says, top ten LeBron moments, since he's the GOAT. That's what Kevo says.
1: Uh, I think that'd be pretty good, because then we could build it around a couple calls. Mm -hmm. He certainly had some moments.
2: Yes, he has. Uh, Casey says, oh, I already read that one. Quint says, top ten NBA playoff buzzer beaters. That's another fun one. Mm. I like this one from Michael. Top ten people you'd pay to see punch Draymond Green. Mm. Thoughts? We won't take it, you know, too far, like Andrew Polk, mm. but we can, uh, you know, leave it with the top ten. Uh, Tyson's number one, right? I like it. <laughs> you don't see. Well, like I'm it. trying to think about it a little bit. Okay. Anyway,
1: continue to to
2: let us know what you
1: You do not like Quint's suggestion at all. We've already addressed this. This was the highlight of Jake's career, and he refuses to discuss it on air anymore. The column you did? Yeah, yeah. Uh, So Quint says the top ten wags in sports, wives and girlfriends in sports. Yeah. Jake did an article once. He was forced to do it. He was a young whippersnapper at the time. Now he's a seasoned journalist. He's respected. He refuses to go down that alley, that dark road.
2: It's why I stopped writing about the NFL with Bleacher (laughs) Report. It's true.
1: He's got principles. He's got morals. One of the reasons why we like Jake Martin. That
2: is right. Yes. I got a couple things to to.
1: Spew. So that was the end of your career with Bleacher Report? because No,
2: no, no, I, end of the NFL. I just did <laughs> MMA and college football after that. And then I just did LSU for a little while.
1: Anyway, enough about like that. Like I said, Jake wants to move on.
2: Well, I mean, what, what, do you want me to just talk about what I wrote about at Bleacher no, Report? No, <laughs> Um, Speaking of MMA, the UFC is trying to make Nate Diaz versus George St. Pierre. Mm-hmm. And this is newsworthy because it would be the biggest fight of the year if mm. they did that. And by the way, Nate Diaz hasn't fought since my bachelor trip because I went to that fight. That was, the last, When he fought Conor McGregor in the rematch in 2016, that was his last fight. So they need to get him back in there because, I mean, he's still very – he's probably the second most popular fighter, I would say, just because of the rub that he got from, from Conor. Anyway, this fight on paper is, is awful because GSP's just going to take him down. It's going to be boring, yeah. but it would it would make a lot of buys. Because of the name recognition. Because of the name recognition.
1: But shouldn't this have been something from a couple of years ago?
2: Yeah, and GSP's already fought his brother Nick, and it, it would go the same way. Mm. It would just – he would not want to stand with, with the DS. Mm. Uh,
1: other headlines on this uh, Tuesday morning. We certainly look forward to the players uh, teeing off this weekend. How about these matchups on Thursday or these pairings? Tiger, Phil, and Ricky Fowler will play together on Thursday. Yep. They've also decided to put Rory, Thomas, and Speeth in the, the same threesome. Pretty darn good. I guess they want some big crowds following these two groups.
2: Jonathan says, top ten reasons why we don't talk about softball. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was right one. IQ,
1: uh, Tim had just sent me a text about softball <laughs> with an exclamation point. Well,
2: that's our number one, just to, just to make him upset.
1: Wow, that's rough.
2: Um, so, yesterday, Aaron, I want to get your thoughts on this. Was this a good move on my part or a bad move? I got a text from a buddy who is in Vegas, mm-hmm. and he says, hey, the odds just dropped, and LSU is at seven and a half yeah. wins. He said, I'm going to bet the under. Mm. And I said, wait. I said, do not bet the under mm. and so we had a long conversation about this
1: As he's standing at the betting window and ready to place down his life savings on lsu winning <laughs> less than seven and a half yes minutes. and you talked him off i the talked cliff.
2: him out of it i i told i'll tell you like i told him i'm not saying you should bet over but i'm not but i'm saying you shouldn't be so confident to go oh they're for sure getting under seven and a half mm. and i give you my reasons why it looks like you pulled up the odds in front
1: of you. No, this was another book because uh, I think it was a different book that we gave the odds to a couple weeks ago, where mm-hmm. they were literally had the eighth or ninth best odds in the SEC, correct? Yeah. And now I believe they're just uh, four teams ahead of them, according to this other book, uh, Bet DSI, I believe, whatever that is. They've got them at seven, seven and a half. The over and under with LSU, the win total for next year. Alabama, Georgia, Auburn, and Mississippi State uh, getting uh, higher win totals. Mississippi State, they're set at uh, eight, Auburn at uh, nine, Georgia at ten and a half, and also Alabama at ten and a half for over-unders for next year.
2: So let me go through uh, the conversation I had with him, and then I'll let you tell me whether I was right or wrong. He, his whole argument was, if you look at it, LSU doesn't have a running game. Or, or they should, their running game should not be as good as it was. And did you see the spring game? Miles Brennan does not look impressive. Even the, I mean, that's just assuming that he's going to be the starter. We don't even know if he's going to be the starter after what took place in the spring game. So looking at that, the offense shouldn't take any major strides or shouldn't make any major strides. On defense, you've got those questions with the cornerback. But that was my argument. I said, take take the offense out of it. Let's not even worry about the offense. The offense could be mediocre at best. That's fine. Whatever. Maybe um, I, the way I look at this offense, I think it will have uh, big play opportunities on the perimeter because that's your strength. you got a, re- a lot of really good wide receivers. So th- that they'll score some – they'll make some big plays, but I don't think this is going to be a team that uh, you know consistently drives it down the football field. I don't think they're going to be that good on offense. That said, you look at the defense. This is going to be the best front seven Dave Miranda has ever had at LSU. That alone makes me think that they can go. They can at least win eight games. I think they can at least win seven. I think they for sure win eight because you look at that. They finally have depth on the defensive line. If if Rashard Lawrence stays healthy, yeah. I think he's he could be an All American. You look at linebacker. When Dave Verena first got there, they had more kickers on scholarship than linebackers. That has now changed. Now you've got a guy in Devin White who I think is another All-American. Then you look at the secondary, and yes, like I said, you do have those cornerback questions, but you just got Alexander, the Stanford transfer, which will help. And you got Greedy Williams who is you know getting talk of being a top ten draft pick next year. I know that doesn't mean a whole lot because Arden Key got the same talk and then was drafted in the third round. But you're saying
1: literally win games seventeen to fourteen.
2: Wait, what now? You're
1: gonna win games seventeen fourteen is your defense will carry this team for the majority of the year.
2: Yes, yes, that's right. That what I'm saying is your the defense will carry them. The defense will keep uh them in games, it will keep the scoring low and I think they have enough playmakers on the outside to, to win some some jump balls mm. and, and make some big plays.
1: A couple of things here. We've got a number of texts here. Uh, Michael says, Devin White alone is worth four wins. <laughs> yeah. uh, Jason wants to know, so how down is the SEC this year? And then Trent says, Brennan looked like Andrew Hatch. Remember mm. that guy? Mm-hmm. Yikes. McMillan looks solid. So Andrew Hatch he came from Harvard, and then he literally well, went back to Harvard? Well, <laughs> Or did he go to he Yale? He got hit in the head. Yes,
2: and so he had to come out, and so they had to play Jarrett Lee.
1: So they decided to go back to the Ivy League.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to play
1: <laughs> with these guys. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing this SEC stuff. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, that was, and that you know that was a big problem. That's what set LSU back yeah. so far.
1: But that was during the Ryan Paraloo days.
2: What, uh, that was what happened. Yeah. Paraloo got kicked off, and yeah. so you had to play uh, Hatch and Lee, and then Hatch got hurt, so Lee had to play. Mm.
1: I want to go back to your original points when you started uh, trying to break down, if you should tell your buddy to bet yeah. the under on LSU in the seven-and-a-half win total. To think that LSU does not have a running back or that star power in the backfield, that is a little remarkable considering the success and the guys that they have had back there over the last decade.
2: They don't have they don't have a Darius Geis or Leonard Fournette, but I'm telling you, I think Clyde Edwards-Layer is going to be pretty good for them. Yeah. Not spectacular, but I think he's going to be pretty good for them. Uh,
1: the fact that they're out there shopping for a graduate transfer and the kid from Cal, uh, Trey Watson, could still be in the running to show up at uh, LSU. You look at Watson and who he is. He's a five 5'10", 190-pounder. He had a season-ending lower leg injury in Cal's second game of the year. As a junior, he rushed for 143 yards, 700 yards, uh, 143 carries, 700 yards, four touchdowns. Also was a weapon out of the backfield, 21 receptions for 241 yards and four touchdowns. He is uh, weighing his options right now, but uh, it appears that uh, BYU is off his list and he will be making a trip, or did make a trip, to uh, LSU. All right,
2: so what, what is your point here? What Are you saying – They're you, still
1: looking for other running backs. They're still looking for other options.
2: Sure, but I think they're okay. I mean, the Tape Rovins, Nick are they're, they're okay. They're not they're not great at that position, but they're they're good enough. I and think. don't
1: forget about Leonard.
2: <laughs> and Leonard and Leonard Fournette. Yes. Leonard Fournette
1: is still around. That's true. Yes.
2: Um, but what do what do you think about my analysis there? Do you think it's do you think I guided him the wrong way? You think I should have just let him bet the under?
1: I think you should have let him bet the under. Really?
2: Yes. Even after the, the defense talk? Yes,
1: I understand the defense, but you still have those issues offensively.
2: You don't have to score that many points is my whole point in this conversation. And your
1: margin of error is so small then, too.
2: True, but they're going to get you some turnovers, too. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, I I really think – I know this guy's was difficult, but I would just be so shocked if Mm -hmm. they went 7-5. And
1: And this is from the guy that, of course, was beating the Matt Canada drum last year and was talking about the fact LSU was going to score about 35, 38 points I did not say
2: that. I said I liked Matt Canada's offense. (laughs) I never said I never said anything about thirty five point where do you get this mm. in your head? Mm. And, and I still like Matt Canada's offense. It just didn't work.
1: So he literally walked away and did not place a wager on the seven and a half for LSU in the win total. Yeah, he
2: walked away. Yeah. I smartened him up. I did he I told him not to bet the over.
1: Mm. Okay. Uh Joe points out now that, that uh that grad transfer I was talking about, he picked Texas over LSU. Yes. There you go. 888 You can weigh in on the Stuart Shelby hotline slash text line. Let's take a timeout. What do you want to get into next, Jake? And we look forward to catching up with Gus coming up. You
2: wanted to talk some NFL and some rookie quarterbacks yeah. and their situation. Yeah,
1: this is uh, going to be fascinating year with the number of rookie quarterbacks that will be fighting for playing time and, of course, uh, trying to win starting jobs. We'll kind of break down the odds and uh, who will see the field first. Could it be? Mason Rudolph.
2: (laughs) Don't hold your breath. Make that argument. Yeah, okay.
1: Big Ben is not happy.
2: No, he is not. He's being a bad teammate.
1: He certainly is. You'll find out why coming up after the break.
0: New Year, new you. Let Potna's Barbecue help with eating healthy. Our meats are smoked and we have low-carb sides. Beef, turkey, chicken, ribs, and pulled pork, all slow-cooked and full of flavor. Eat healthy at a low price. Try one of our lunch specials, chicken and sausage with two sides for $6.99 or get a fourth of a chicken and two sides for $4.99. So come on in Podness, Drive through or use a waiter out for delivery. Two locations, 165 North in Monroe or Splane Drive next to Walgreens in West Monroe. Potna's Barbecue, serving the South's best barbecue since 1977.
3: Mother's Day is this Sunday, May 13th, and our family from Karen's Hallmark would like to invite you to find that wonderful gift for all those special women in your life. Karen's Hallmark has 45 feet of beautiful Mother's Day cards, unique gifts like wind chimes, gardening gloves, sun catchers, flags, door hangers, purses, and a boutique full of new summer clothing. Karen's Hallmark has a friendly staff and free gift wrap to make that gift extra special. Karen's Hallmark, located in the I-20 Shopping Center, Ruston. Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe.
0: Grab another cup of coffee and keep tuned to The Morning Drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward, Toyota of Ruston.
1: Welcome back to the show. If you're just joining us, we continue to brainstorm for some ideas for Top 10 Thursday got a couple of good ones. Uh, Kevo said top 10 LeBron moments since he's the goat. If we do top 10 LeBron moments, then does that mean we have to do top 10 Michael Jordan moments too? Why? Goat. I I hate this conversation. Yeah, it's it's boring, it's old, but it It's is old.
2: What it is. It's so subjective. We huh? don't know. Huh? You can make the you can make arguments both ways, but I'm just getting tired of it.
1: Uh, we're also asking for some uh, fashion advice on this uh, Tuesday morning considering the get-up that uh, Tom Brady was wearing last night, the Met Gala. Yeah. Um, Everybody continues to point out he can wear whatever he wants when he's uh, him and his true. wife are worth $630 mm-hmm. million. Could wear a potato sack.
2: Listen, that's true. Um, and I, so – We've got we've gotten a couple texts here. Shane says, speaking of bad teammates, talking about Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, yeah. He says, how immature is Rodney
1: Hood? So explain what happened at the end of the game last This
2: was night. reported uh, by someone that he, I think it was like four minutes left, and he refused to check in for LeBron. <laughs> now, why that happened? It, it, they said.
1: So he just says, no, nah, I'm okay.
2: They said everyone viewed it as him pouting. I don't know.
1: That's a bad timing. That's a, now, a bad career move. Yes, yeah,
2: that's horrible. <laughs> well, I told you that. And you I
1: think he needs to play a couple more minutes. Yeah, I Speaking think Speaking so. of LeBron, leave him out there. He well, needs to pat his stats.
2: Yeah, but it, I think it was simply him pouting like like a child. Yes. I mean, what are you thinking in this moment? Why that, is this about you? Y'all just swept the Raptors.
1: I bet that played well in the locker room.
2: Oh, it sure did.
1: Yeah. You're in Cleveland. Yeah.
2: LeBron is basically the mayor. Yes. He can ship you out so fast.
1: And he just shocked the NBA by doing what you just did at Toronto. Yeah. Hmm. Nice uh, play there, uh, Rodney Hood.
2: Richie says, LeBron is great. We know he's great. And he lets us know he's great. <laughs> no need to glorify his greatness any more than we already do. Mm.
1: He's not all for the top ten He's LeBron not for the moments.
2: top ten LeBron moments. So. Maybe
1: he's for the, the ten most disliked people in sports. Give us something better, Richie. And LeBron would be on that list. All right, let's talk a little bit about these NFL rookie quarterbacks and the situations that they're going to face going into the fall and trying to win starting jobs. You look at the guys that are, they're going to have to unseat. Where would you like to start? Uh, we basically put uh, six guys in here. I included Mason Rudolph just because – of the dynamic now of ben. Ben, Big Ben and Ben Roethlisberger and the comments he continues to make to the media. If you want to praise, paraphrase what he has said to, on radio shows in the last week, basically didn't understand why they would waste what a third-round draft pick on Mason Rudolph, thought that they could get somebody that could be an immediate impact, and also said he's not there to coach up a young quarterback. He's on his own.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Won't for him. Yes. He also said uh, we need, quote, unquote, football players, Mm. which was interesting.
1: Mm. The only thing that would have made this situation better is if he was a teammate with Josh Rosen.
2: (laughs) Would it? Yes. (laughs) Those two personalities (laughs) clashing? but
1: that's not what we have. We have Mason Rudolph and Ben Roethlisberger. And, heck, don't they still have uh, Josh Dobbs on that roster in that quarterback room? He was a fourth-round pick, I believe. Ugh. And then this coming from Roethlisberger after, what, it was just last year. Well, that he that's was, my
2: issue. He's he, just
1: thinking about whether or not he need, could, needed to retire.
2: If you're going to question the organization for trying to invest in their future and get a guy that can, you know, they see as a project and can develop over time and possibly be the next quarterback, you you don't have the right to sit there and, and protest that after you've – consistently talked about your career and your future and how you don't know if you what, what was his quote last year something about like I don't know if I uh s- still have it or, or want to play or something something along those lines mm. I remember us talking about it and how weird it was to say that in the middle of the season and so
1: now he's he, found the fountain of youth or maybe yeah, he's going to the same Dr. Tom Brady three to going five to, years
2: yes. like make up your mind Roethlisberger and and stop I really took offense to this. I thought this was bad. Uh, he was just being a bad teammate. All
1: right, let's look at the incumbent quarterbacks or who these rookies will have to unseat. You could kind of rank them. I would certainly say uh, Roethlisberger would be near the top. At some point in his career, people are trying to make the argument about Joe Flacco and whether or not he was an elite quarterback. Uh, Tyrod Taylor, you have Josh McCowan, and then, of course, uh, Sam Bradford. And and A.J. McCarron. And I giggle because I care. But the fact that Bradford is still on this list, and right now that is who Arizona thinks they're going to go into the year with.
2: Yeah. Do you play
1: him in a preseason game? No.
2: (laughs) No, you do not. You don't expose him. (laughs) You keep him wrapped and bubble wrapped. So he
1: comes out that first game, and he puts on a performance like against the Saints, and he looks like a future Hall of Famer. And you get one game out of him.
2: Hey. Save him for the Super Bowl, and then
1: Josh Rosen makes everybody pay, and comes out and uh, will be your starting quarterback after that.
2: So you think? Let's let's let me ask you this: Of those rookies, who do you think is most likely to play?
1: Oh, that, there's no doubt about that. It's Josh Rosen. You think
2: him over Sam Darnold?
1: Uh, yes, because uh, Josh McCown will be a calming influence on Darnold, and they'll give McCown at least uh, three or four games.
2: I don't know, man. I think
1: I. <laughs> If if you go the other way, you then that means that you think Bradford will stay upright for longer I, than two or three games.
2: I feel like it has to happen, right? Like I feel like it, we're expecting it. Everyone's expecting it, so it, it won't happen. So he'll he'll stay healthy. We need
1: somewhere. to look up the most game that's games that he's played in one year.
2: I think he's got the sixteen right. <laughs> we'll look that up. Get the i-team on it.
1: Uh, well, Trent says, has Bradford played a full season since sophomore year in college?
2: <laughs> we'll get the high team on yes. that.
1: Of all the common influences, though, uh, Josh McCowan will be that for Sam Darnold. Of the, of the guys that we mentioned. Right?
2: Ty- I like the Tyra Taylor okay. Well, I, I think Tyra Taylor is another good situation. I think Baker's in a in – a, I, I hate to say the Browns is a good situation, mm-hmm. but – you know, I think it's it's nice that he doesn't have to rush his development. Tyrod Taylor is a proven starter in the NFL. He's not great, but he can, you know, he's sufficient enough.
1: Well, we mentioned Roethlisberger, not taking it uh very well about Mason Randolph being uh, drafted, but it's not like Joe Flacco is very excited about the fact that they're bringing in Lamar Jackson.
2: Well, but Lamar is the least likely to play on this list. Lamar is, I mean, Flacco, you think he's going to supplant Flacco? You're crazy. I think Lamar is in a situation where he can really take time, to, de- and I'm talking about years, mm-hmm. to develop. So I think that's a winnable situation. And by the time Flacco either you know is, is ready to go or just has that drop-off uh, in production, all right, let's go with Lamar Jackson. He's had years to prepare for this moment, mm-hmm. and he's a great talent. So I like that. I think he's going to
1: – I could just see Baltimore fans turning on Flacco so fast because what will happen is – Jackson will get some opportunities in exhibition games, and he's going to tear it up, or he's going to have a couple of these electrifying plays that, uh, you know, Joe Flacco could only dream of oh. making, you know?
2: <laughs> yeah. No, Joe Flacco, you're right. He could only dream yeah. of moving like Lamar. Yeah. um, It's not going to be a Deshaun Watson, Watson situation, though. Mm. I'll say that. You know, Watson, they were reluctant to start him, and then he won the certain job and just took off, and then unfortunately got injured. But, yeah, it's not going to be that same scenario.
1: And we failed to even mention uh, A.J. McCarron and Josh Allen.
2: I just don't like Josh Allen.
1: Well, this is A.J. McCarron's chance, right?
2: For sure. And if you're talking about rushing someone onto the field, if McCarron can't get it done and the fans – you know how the fans are in Buffalo. Mm -hmm. If they want Allen immediately and they feel that pressure, the organization feels that pressure and puts him in there, it's going to be – ugly. He's not ready to play today. Hmm.
1: I it, really enjoy, I like all six of these storylines. Actually.
2: It's actually entertaining. You yes. know, you can find something interesting about each one.
1: Huh. Shane C says, is it just me, but if you draft someone number one, shouldn't they be on the field week number one?
2: That's the age-old debate. Because a lot of people have that debate about um, oh my god, I just went blank. Um, Rams. Right. Jared Goff. Okay. A lot of people have that conversation about Jared Goff because Case Keenum was the starter. Yeah. And, you know, why Why isn't Goff starting? He was the number one overall pick. Did y'all, you know, why did y'all pick him number one if he wasn't going to play? Then he actually does play, and he had that awful rookie year. You remember all that? So that's, I mean, that's something we talk about all the time.
1: But then you go back to maybe a situation with the Houston uh Texans back in the day when they threw Carr in there and mm-hmm. they had no offensive line yeah. to protect him and he never recovered. I mean, there's He's a reason. Never the same.
2: There's a reason that team is selecting number one. Yeah. You know, it, they're they're typically pretty bad. And let's let's look at the Browns. The Browns have to replace Joe Thomas too, by the way. So the one, mm-hmm. you know, great thing about the Browns is no longer there.
1: Emmett mm-hmm. says name change, Ben Waffleburger.
2: <laughs> That's pretty good.
1: I like Waffleburger. Sounds good. Two waffles, stick some hamburger in the middle of it.
2: Hmm. Yeah, Waffle House is all I'm thinking about.
1: Eight 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 nine nine three seven seven six two. So, did we come to a conclusion, or did we get your view on who's going to start first? I, I'm, gonna
2: go You're going Rose and I'm going to go Darnold. You're yeah. going Rosen. I'm going Darnold.
1: Week two or, or who's three. Who's
2: the least likely? Who would you say is least likely?
1: Uh, Mason Rudolph. Ben Roethlisberger will make it through at least six or seven games.
2: I say Jackson. All right. Even though I'm not looking at Rudolph as. By the way, I love Roethlisberger threw some more shade on it saying, I, I, why do we waste a third round pick on a guy who's going to be the second quarterback or even the third quarterback? Yeah.
1: I love or that. maybe he was defending uh, Josh Dobbs and yeah. what he's done. Yeah. You know, he's got a relationship with him, and they did spend a fourth round pick on him just last year. 888-993-7762. 7 o'clock hour is in the books. Coming up in the 8 o'clock hour, we look forward to catching up with Gus Cattengill down in New Orleans. We'll get his take on the Saints and, of course, the situation with Kobe Fleener. Cutting ties with him after just two years and also the big ball game tonight between the Pales and the Warriors. Coming up at 8.30, Louisiana Tech's head baseball coach, Lane
0: Burroughs, joins us on the morning drive. We're back, at Thanks for listening to the best of the morning drive with Dietrich and white to listen live every day. Tune in at ESPN 977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher or wherever you find podcasts.